Welcome to Mox on the Mic, your exclusive look into all things Chattanooga athletics. Here's your host, Chris Goforth. This week on Mox on the Mic, we're headed to the weight room. Jerry Pacetti is the new strength and conditioning coach at UTC, and he's with us this week on Mox on the Mic. You played, uh, you played college football. Um, a lot of guys will transition from a player into a on-field coaching role. You chose to go into strength and conditioning. Why strength and conditioning for you? You know, it's really more, uh, it's a little bit more detailed uh, kind of than that because I did start out as, uh, you know, I was an assistant offensive line coach. I did uh, assistant strength and conditioning uh, at my alma mater for, for just a season before I went to uh, Seton Hill University from 2014 to 2016. And even there, I, I you know, primarily ran the strength and conditioning stuff for the football team. But I also I was coaching running backs. I coached tight ends. I did the film work. I had a recruiting area. Um, I was wearing a lot of uh, different hats while doing that stuff out there at Seton Hill. And uh, for me, you, you know, it really, you know, I, I decided I wanted to pick one thing and kind of master that instead of being a, a jack of all trades. Um, and for me, you know, strength and conditioning is, is kind of what I always thought gave me the edge as a um, as a player. Um, you know, all the film stuff, practice, that kind of stuff, that's all important. But I, I truly believe, you know, the weight room for me is is what gave me that edge. Um, so that, that's why I decided uh, to kind of pursue that path rather than more so, the, you know, the on field offensive line coach or offensive coordinator or something like that. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm passionate about it. I, I was an offensive lineman. Uh, you know, I, I know the guys on the team here, they'll tell you it's, it's a thankless job. You don't get a ton of, uh, you know, press write-ups or anything like that. And, uh, you know, that's kind of what strength conditioning is too. The, a lot of the stuff is done, you know, in the dark. It's early mornings. It's late nights. It's, uh, it's a lot of hours. There's a lot of things involved behind the scenes that you don't necessarily see um, on game day. So for me, uh, you know, being an offensive lineman and having that kind of work ethic and that that deal from a, being a player kind of carried over a lot more than what you would think, uh, you know, than probably a different position that gets a lot of notoriety and publicity. You talk about being an offensive lineman. Do you feel a little, maybe a little extra connection to those guys when you get those uh, those big offensive linemen in the weight room with you? You know, I do. Um, just because I understand, I understand what they're going through. I understand it's hard to uh, – I know it's hard to run. It's hard to do some of the more athletic uh, type stuff when you're 310 pounds, 308 pounds, whatever. Um, you know, those things, they put a strain on your body. But at the same time, you know, you're expected to shoulder kind of the biggest load um, when it comes to, you know, lifting weights and things like that. Because, you know, when the, the game still boils down to big people push around little people. And, and they, as, as long as I know that and they know that I know that, I think there, there's going to be some kind of unspoken bond uh, that, that comes from that. You know, and it, I was tight with the guys at Southeastern. I feel like we're, we're off to a good start here at uh, Chattanooga. So, yeah, I do feel that way. What was it about this job and, and coming to Chattanooga that, that attracted you to the university? You know, um, I think more so than anything, probably the, the people here. Um, you know, Coach Wright, you know, he's he played here. He's been this – I think this is his third time coming back as a coach. This is his first time being a head coach, uh, you know, third-year head coach, if you count coronavirus. Um, 
And, and there's a lot more other people within the athletic department that have been here for, you know, not just five, six years, but I'm talking 13, 20 years, people that, that don't want to leave. Um, and to me, that speaks volumes about, about the university, the area, um, that, that were located in here to where, you know, you don't want to leave. I, I thought I had something pretty good at, at Southeastern down in Hammond. We did, my wife and I, with our daughter. And when I came up on the interview and kind of saw everything this place had to offer and the people here, you know, I felt I felt at home. I didn't feel like an outsider. Um, so that's that more so than anything is, is what led me to make the jump here. Now, are you working with all sports or are you just primarily going to be focused on uh, football? Um, it's primarily football, uh, but I do oversee the department. Um, so I, right now I have a staff of uh, three full-time coaches, Tyler Drobetz, Colin Angstrom, and Aaron Callezo. So all those guys have kind of split up the rest of the sports amongst themselves. I'm probably going to have to pick up. Uh, one sport, I ju we just have to figure out who lifts when uh, throughout the fall semester, just as far as availability goes. And then I'll probably pick up one of those other sports just to help ease the burden on, uh, on everybody. But primarily it's going to be with football. Um, and then the other thing that's different about from kind of the last death uh, that was here is all my assistants. You know, I expect them to work football when when they have availability. So as long as they're not working, you know, men's basketball or wrestling, there's not a conflict with one of those sports then they're going to be on the floor helping out with, with the football kids in here. So you're working with the football, with the, uh, with the football program right now, take us inside that program from a strength and conditioning standpoint. Here we are at the, towards the end of June. What do you got those guys doing right now? What are they working on? What are the daily expectations? Um, you know, so right now this is it's a different year than kind of what it's ever been. Obviously, last year was the most different year. But this year, where you're coming off of the spring season. I know here we didn't play the entire spring season. Uh, we finished a couple weeks short. But that being said, it's, it's different from your traditional, you know, year-long plan where you have, the, you have the winter and you do spring ball, you have a spring game, and then you're off. It's, this year was, you know, we brought them back in January. We, we lifted, we ran, we got in shape, we practiced, we played games. And then, you know, on the back end, when we opted out, then we kept, you know, practicing, uh, lifting and, and running, that kind of stuff. So the cardiovascular base should be relatively intact um, and to where that allows us to not necessarily have to run these guys two, three times a week. Um, right now, we're, it's a heavy, heavy lift focus where we're going Monday, Tuesday, lower body, upper body, and then Thursday, Friday, lower body, upper body. And on Wednesday, we take them out uh, two groups and we do a lot of focus on linear speed. So that's just straight line from point A to point B and really fine tune mechanics. And then a little bit of conditioning at the end where we're just running one tens, you know, tempo run, stuff like that. And it's, it's not, you know, overly, overly taxing on the body. Uh, this time of year, you still want to stress them and fatigue them. But right now, that emphasis, I want it to be on the weight room, whether it's it's sumo deadlift or back squat or front squat or power clean, bench press, incline, stuff like that um, is, is what I'm putting the emphasis on in this part of the cycle in summer one. And then, you know, conditioning isn't really just about running one tenths and half gas. It's also about how fast you move throughout the room. So there's it's the expectations are 
We come in, we are efficient with our time where we do a lot of different things from the warm up where, you know, we do a basic, you know, kind of staying in place, little dynamic warm up. And then we go three station uh, kind of activation spots where they're running around throughout the room doing different exercises to get ready. And then we'll tell them what the lift is, you know, for the day. And at the end, it's it could be a conditioning circuit where there's, you know, bands on there. We're doing hip flexion or jumping over bags or, you know, sometimes it's, it's just we're doing sit-ups and we're doing push-ups or a wall sit. And it's more mental than anything else uh, from the strength part of it. You know, so there's different things in here. I, I do like to keep them guessing. I know that you kind of get into a routine and they kind of understand what each day is going to be. But at the same time, we try to give them a good, healthy amount of uh, variance within what they do uh, to where it's, it's not monotonous every single day. You know, coach, I really feel like that it's one of the, I, I don't know, maybe it's not, but I just feel like one of the challenges you face is how you manage the strength part of the job versus mm-hmm. the conditioning part of the job, uh, especially when you deal with a sport like football. Can you talk mm-hmm. a little bit about finding that, that happy medium with, with those two parts of the, uh, of the job? Well, it is, it's, it, it's, um, there are two different energy systems, really what it boils down to the conditioning stuff, cardiovascular based aerobic exercises, different energy system than lifting weights, where that's an anaerobic, uh, activity where you don't need oxygen present, you know, at, at the heavy levels where you're doing three reps or something like that. Cause you're holding your breath primarily, you are breathing, um, but it's not huffing and puffing, you know, striding out there running one tenths. Um, so you do, you have to walk a little bit of a line as far as how much do they need. And then for me, it's really more so, you know, watching and seeing where they're at. What do they struggle with? Because what they struggle with is what you need to work on. Um, and, you know, that first day we went out there and we ran 10 one tens on, on that second week and Wednesday. And if, if we had, you know, 20 percent of the team fail doing that then you know we were gonna like significantly alter what we were doing in the month of june and i was pretty pleased to see you know my my hypothesis be correct as far as you know we were in relatively good shape and really we just had to work on the body language part of it not necessarily making the the run times um to where we could kind of stick with the plan and i had to deviate from that uh you know too much so the idea of strength and conditioning really kind of boils down to you want to turn your weaknesses into strengths, or at least if you get stronger at your weaknesses, then you've gotten the whole picture better. And that's same, the same thing for the, the individual, where if you take the worst player and you can get him better incrementally at, at something, then you've improved the unit and you've improved the team. And that's kind of the, the philosophy um, that, I, that I look at when, when I judge myself and my staff is you know, we, we have guys in here that are genetic, genetically different, that they'll adapt to whatever we tell them to do, and they'll progress at a fast rate. And then we have other guys on the other end of the spectrum, especially at the FCS level. This isn't unique to us uh, here at Chattanooga, where they're, you know, they're, they're a little bit slower to develop, whether it's weight gain or weight loss or just athletic ability, a um, little bit slower in the development standpoint. And if we can get those guys better over time, you know, then that, that we've done our job for that individual, you know. High schools, everybody now has some sort of weight training program. Everybody has a weight room now at the high school level. That wasn't always the case going back Mm -hmm. through through history. What is still the biggest challenge when you get a young man that comes in as a freshman? uh, What's the the biggest difference for him from lifting weights and working out at the high school level compared to what he's faced with 
when he gets on campus at UTC? You know, I think um, whether it's good that you bring that up, whether it's whether it's a high school kid or a junior college uh, transfer or even a four year guy at, at a FBS school that gets kicked back um, kind of, you know, to the FCS and wants to transfer down to here. Um, really, what we look at is, is training age. And that means kind of what's their basically how many years have they been training? What do they know? What are they proficient at? Some guys are, you know, some guys, are, they look big and they're, they, you know, they have all these muscles and stuff, but they're not necessarily the strongest at back squat or front squat and what do they need to correct. And it's, there's not really a screening process that we go through here um, as far as FMS or anything like that, but it's more so you want to see what they look like at, at doing the most challenging thing and then regress it if you need to, to where it's, it's, you can get the movement down, right. Maybe you have to lessen the load. Maybe you have to change uh, you know, kind of what you're doing for that individual for a couple of weeks and then kind of progressing them back up to it. Uh, but there is, you know, a good foundation of, you know, kids, they know what, they know what a back squat is. They know what a power clean is. They know what you know, the difference between, you know, those exercises are, it really just comes down to how well and proficient are they at doing them. Um, you know, some, not every coach, not every program is, you know, created the same. And sometimes there's a different emphasis at, at one high school to another to where, you know, down in, in Louisiana, uh, I was there four years and I saw a lot of kids that knew how to do Olympic lifts. Like, you know, they looked at the back of their hand because Gail Hatch is from down there in Baton Rouge and he has infiltrated, or he had, he's, he's dead now, but he's he's infiltrated the, the high school systems down there where all those guys that know how to power clean and clean pull and split jerk and do all that stuff because they learned it at a young age. They don't necessarily know how to strain on back squat, which is a little bit different animal than doing a power clean. Um, so there's different things like that that you have to expose them to. And, and that's really what we do here. We don't do just one thing. It's a multiple uh, exposure type program here to where they're, they're going to strain, they're going to push and, you know, they're going to fail along the way. Um, but really over time, you're going to see success uh, from that. How much can you do or how much do you feel like you can do to prevent game day injuries? And I'm, I'm asking specifically here, coach, about, about knee injuries. Is there anything that you can do during the summer months with the strength and conditioning program to, uh, hopefully save those knees some during the regular season? Yeah, um, there, there is. It's, it's you know, you do your bilateral, that's two-leg movements, whether that's a, a squat, an RDL, a deadlift, a power clean, um, something along those lines. And then you have to focus on single-leg movements as well uh, throughout the planes of motion. So whether that's, you know, forward or backward or, or transverse going in rotation, um, they have to get a healthy dose of, of all the amounts of, I'm sorry, of all the ranges of motion. Um, and, and they have to understand that, you know, some of it is about pushing and straining through the load. Some of it is more about reps. Some of it is, is even lighter. And it's really just about moving correctly with uh, either just your body weight or, or a minimal load doing repetitive effort um, and fine tuning those mechanics. You know, like those things, they all combine and, and they all help with preventing that as far as non-contact goes. And there are certain things. When it comes to, you know, contact injuries, uh, if somebody, if, if you're an offensive lineman and, and somebody gets tackled and rolls into the back of your leg, you know, really you just better hope that brace is secure enough on your knee to where that that's going to help prevent it. Because um, there's certain things that you really just can't, like, they, they just happen. And that's part of the game, too. Um, it's, it's unfortunate that it is like that because I do feel 
Like each each injury that has happened to any one of my players across my career is, you know, I take it very, very personal. And you want to look back and you want to reevaluate and see what you're doing. And can you do anything different um, along the way that would have helped it? And, and sometimes, you know, the answer is just no. Like sometimes you check every box and that that's the best you can do. But I've been fortunate, you know, I'm going to knock on wood. Um, been fortunate to not have, you know, non-contact ACLs or, or things like that um, kind of throughout the career. The career, And really what I judge programs based off of is not, you know, those catastrophic injuries, but more so the soft tissue, hamstring, the groins, the hip flexors, those kinds of stuff. Because if, if you strain and you expose them enough over a period of time leading up into that stuff, then they're going to be resilient to, to that when you start camp. Um, and there's a lot of other things that go in that too, from hydration and stretching and mobility, not just lifting weights that, that combine into that big picture as far as preventing injuries. Um, that, that's kind of my deal on that. How involved is, uh, is Coach Wright with, uh, with what you guys are doing? You know, one of, the, one of the things that was pretty good about the interview process was you know, he told me, um, you know, he doesn't want to micromanage. He, he wants me to run the program. There's certain things that he wants to see from you know team building standpoint and physicality um, that he wants to see in, in the end product. And other than that, he didn't really care how how I went about it. Not as far as, you know, times and who lifts with who and, and that kind of stuff or back squat and front squat. He doesn't really, you know, micromanage me from that standpoint. But he's involved to the point where, you know, we'll sit down every couple of days or a week and we'll talk about the progress and who needs to do this better or who's doing a good job. And kind of from there, and the coaches are really, really involved coming in and they're watching their kids and, you know, everything from, you know, chest up, eyes up to pull your mask up. Um, they're, they're, they're helping out, you know, coach when, when I got my head turned too. So it's, it's really an all hands on deck Um type effort when it comes to, you know, handling this deal. And that's the same way it'll be when I'm out there at football practice where I'll help do whatever from whether it's hold the chains, run the clock, uh, you know, work out the injured kids, that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, and, and it has to be that way at this level. There aren't, you know, 30 extra people running around on the sidelines that, that are working, you know, the uh, other jobs. Um, and, and, you know, I kind of like it like that too, to where everybody's involved and on the same page. Coach, you've already mentioned a lot of your work gets done early in the morning or it gets done uh, after everybody else has gone home at night. Uh, what is your schedule like right now? Um, so right, right now, it's good. I'm kind of falling into a routine. Um, I'll get here. I'll get here about 4, 4.30 in the morning. Um, kind of print off whatever sheets I have to print off, write up whatever I have to on the, uh, uh, the dry erase board for the workout. And then, you know, the rest of my staff – they come in at about five o'clock um, and then, then we go over what we're going to do as far as who coaches what racks, what exercises we're doing, what the cues are, make sure everybody's on the same page, who's got what going on as far as from a, uh, you know, an injury standpoint of working through a low back and ankle, that kind of deal um, and make sure everybody kind of knows. And then, you know, from there we get, you know, just kind of get rolling. Um, we have the first group comes in at six 30 the other groups at eight o'clock and the third groups at nine 30. So there's a little bit of time in between to, to reset the room, clean up what we got to clean. And then the next group comes in and we're rolling right to it. Uh, so once those groups are you know, done throughout the day, then I will, uh, 
you know, I'll get back with my staff. We'll record the numbers, what the guys did today, set some reps and weights, um, and then we'll record them into the Excel sheet, and then we'll, we'll talk about what tomorrow is and just keep making sure we're on the same page. And, and really, it just never, never kind of ends. It's a, it's a repetitive process over and over and over um, each week. But it's, it's good that there's, there has to be communication between myself, the staff, um, as well as the players and, and the sport coaches and the athletic trainers and all that stuff. Look, I can't let you get away and, and not try to squeeze a little bit of information out of you. Tell me who's uh, you, you're around these guys who's looking good this summer in the uh, in the weight room. Um, you know, it, it's it's everybody's different. Obviously, there's some guys in here that that kind of flash at you. The Cole Stranges, the uh, McClendon Curtises. Those guys are big, they're strong, they're powerful. Uh, Devonta, Devonta Maxwell, and uh, I know Quay Wiggles is only a freshman, but he's he's coming along pretty good. Uh, some of those linebackers, you know, whether it's Ty Beck, Christian Snyder, um, Cam Jones, those guys, the, the running back, uh, Lean Ford has done a really good job, and so is Geno Appleberry. And even uh, uh, the other one that we have, Terrell Price, uh, you know, I wouldn't have even known that he had an ACL injury if, uh, if somebody didn't tell me. Uh, those guys have been doing a really good job. The tight ends, you know, Chris James and, and the, the new kid we brought on, uh, Keyshawn Tony, is really trying to grow these, these first three weeks. He's starting to get the hang of it. Um, and then from, from the wide receiver, the skill point, the skill position stuff on the back end too, those guys, they really, like, they, they, they push really hard and they strain. And really where they flash is the outdoor component right now. They're not – we have a couple guys that can put up some weight uh, pretty good and they can say, well, uh, but most of them you see on the field when they run and, and they open up the stride and they get out. We, there's some speed here um, that we have that I'm excited about. Coach, appreciate the time. Look forward to catching up with you again soon. Enjoy the rest of your summer. And I think we're all excited to get football season here and get it underway. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. If you happen to see Jerry Pacetti around campus, make sure you welcome him to UTC. Subscribe, rate, and review Mocks on the Mic, and make sure you tell a friend about how they can stay up to date on the latest with the Mocks. For our producer, Tate Johnson, I'm Chris Goforth. We'll see you next week on Mocks on the Mic. Until then, so long and go Mocks. Thanks for listening to Mocks on the Mic. Please remember to rate, subscribe, and review, and we'll see you again soon.